You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Amen, amen, amen. What a way to start your Sunday. How many of you are fighting a battle right now? Raise your hand. Is there a battle that you're fighting? You might not raise your hand, but I know that God knows that you've got a battle and a burden that you're carrying. You know, the person beside you might not look like they're, they have a problem because they smile so often, because they've got a pleasant personality, but you don't know the things that they're carrying right now. But I'm glad that God knows what you're going through. Do you believe that God knows the battles that you're fighting? I want to just say this. There comes a point in our life where sometimes we like waking God up to the problems in our life. Like, Lord, you got to wake up to the bill that needs to be paid. Lord, you got to wake up to the tuition that needs to be settled. Lord, you got to wake up for, for the mouths that I need to feed in my family. Lord, you need to wake up to the relationships that are struggling right now. We like waking God up. To our situation that's what the disciples did that one night when the storm came and Jesus was asleep on the stern of the boat and and the disciples woke him up and Jesus woke up calmly as if to say why are you waking me up there comes a point in your life where I need you to listen to this there comes a point in your life where you need to stop waking God up to your big problems and instead wake your problems to your big God because if God is for you then what can be against you if God is fighting for you what can be against you he's already victorious he's already won so I want you to worship right now as if you've already won God already won in your life and so maybe you need to lift your head Come on, lift up your hands, everybody. We're going to sing that one more time. And we're going to sing with confidence, with boldness, to know that God has already won the victory. Are you ready? Come on, are you ready? Come on, let's sing that again. Every voice. Amen. You go before me. Come on, church. Clap those hands and praise Jesus. 
praise for Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you happy that you're here? Are you sure? You sound like it. Can you touch three people beside you and say, I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're here. I am so glad that you came. Oh, we're going to have a lot of good good moments today. I, I already feel it. You feel the presence of God in this place? I mean, some of you have not experienced a live worship for so long. How many of you are coming for the first time in Barcelona Academy or to a live gathering? Let's clap our hands for, for some of these people. We got a few, some servants also serving for the, for the first time in a long time. You know, it, this may not be your first feast gathering, but I can certainly imagine that there are some of you who are only coming back to the Lord after a long time of being gone away from from his word and away from his presence because there are some things that went in your life that you know you might have walked away from God but here's the good news the good news is that God is always waiting for you he's always just waiting for you to come back and so if this is a comeback moment for you I want you to clap your hands and just rejoice in the truth that you are back and we want to say hi, of course, to all our online audiences. Thank you so much for being there on the other side of the screen. We may not see you, but we feel your presence, especially if you are extra noisy in the comment box. Feel free to send us your, your thoughts and, and how, you, how, how God is working in your life, how God is blessing you. If you can do this very quickly, so just so we know where, where you are watching. Can you type amen from your location? Like wherever you are from, amen, from Bulacan, for instance, if you guys are here, amen from, from the U.S. or amen from, from Europe. We know and certainly believe that God is also there with you and we thank you that you are, are a, a part of our loving community. God bless you. We're going to have a word from the Lord today, but I'm going to give a little announcements first if that's okay because I'm sure that a lot of you are excited for our grand Easter feast on April 17. How many of you are excited? Give me a shout. We're coming back. We're coming home to our, our beautiful home in PICC. And a lot of you might be asking, Brother Audie, we signed up last Sunday when you said for us to register in, in the link, but right now I still don't have my e-ticket. Okay, please, please don't worry. If you were able to successfully register, I believe that there is beauty in waiting. Our team is working on the, on the unique QR code that they will send to you. We've covered about maybe 30% of, of uh, the, the tickets that we were able to send out because we realized that Gmail and the other email accounts can only send 100 mails in, uh, at a day. So, you know, we gathered our team and so we're slowly sending those out. So if you are able to successfully register, just wait because the e-ticket will, will be made available to you. All right? We're going to have fun on April 17 and I hope that you, you, you bring your energy also on that day. But today is a very special day because it's our first Sunday of April. And so I want to call out all the April celebrants. Is there anybody celebrating their birthdays in April? Come on, raise your hand if that's you. Francis, we got a couple of people there. Come on, keep your hands raised up. We want to give you a very beautiful spiritual gift by praying for you. Can we extend a hand if you are celebrating your birthday and if you're online, just raise your hand right now. Give us your virtual hands up. Let's pray. If you are close beside somebody who's celebrating their birthday, let's just honor them by joining our hearts as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that this friend, this son, this daughter, this child of yours is experiencing an abundance of your love. And we pray that whatever, Lord, 
whatever they are going through, whatever season they are in, we pray that you will always make your presence felt through your word, through your power, through your forgiveness, and through your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for loving them the way that you do. We pray and declare a special blessing for their life this year. A blessing so big that they will know where it came from. Not from their strength, not from their wisdom, but from you. So we thank you, Jesus. We walk in faith in advance, thanking you for the victory that you are going to produce in the life of your child. And this is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's clap our hands for all our birthday celebrants. Happy birthday. Everybody say happy birthday. Amen. Amen. We got a lot of young people here in the house. Can I hear from the young people? Give me a shout. Oh my goodness. Our target market, Brother Bo, is still young. God is good. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for coming out. Anyway, we're going to receive a word from the Lord right now. But I want you to do this together as one voice. This is our, our declaration of abundance that God is going to bless you today and this week. Are you ready for this? All right, let's all come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I want you to stretch those hands out. Come on, just like this. Stretch it out high in the air like you just don't care. And then say this with me. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved. I am God's servant and I'm God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we invite everybody online to stand up to give honor and reverence to God's Word as we all sing. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know, the talk title that we have today, by the way, we are on talk three of this beautiful series called Citizen. Everybody say Citizen. It's how to build a nation. We want to give you a message that will encourage you to think of who to vote for, how you should vote, and what are the ways that God wants us to, to look at the political issues from the perspective of our faith. And so our title for today is not so much of a title, but it's more of a declaration. So I want you to declare this message with me. Are you ready? With one voice, everybody say, we are world changers. Come on, shout it out. One more time, shout it out louder. We are world changers changers. I want you to touch those two people beside you and say, you're a world changer. You are a world changer. And I want you to be convincing at that too, okay? So, it's a little strange because none of us imagine that, you know, history would repeat itself in the sense that how many of you ever saw that we would experience a global pandemic? Like we would experience being locked down at home. Did you ever wonder that we would go through that, all, all, all those things. These are things that we only read in the history books, right? Like the bubonic plague and the Spanish flu and the influenza, but let alone us witnessing people don't go before us. 
We saw that for two years. We're still seeing that now, the effects of the pandemic. None of us imagined that we would experience another war in our lifetime where two countries would battle it out and, and innocent people would, would have to suffer and children and, and women and all these people. And none of us even realized that we would also experience once again history repeating itself with our country being divided again because of politics. I mean, none of us imagined any of that. And somehow you'd ask, what is the Lord doing in all of this? Did you ever ask that question? Lord, what are you doing? What's the purpose in all of these things? But you know what? Here's what I believe. I believe that in the midst of all these things that's happening, the pandemic, the war, death, suffering, elections, corruption, I still believe that God is good. I still believe that God is working. Come on, how many of you believe that? Clap your hands. I still believe that God is blessing. I still believe that God is healing. I still believe that God is orchestrating blessings in your life. And you know, when you think about it, I still believe this, that since the beginning, since the fall of man in the book of Genesis, God has been still recreating heaven here on earth, recreating Eden here on earth. In fact, that's our message for today. And if it's okay, I want you to preach this to somebody very close to you. You decide whoever that person is. And don't feel bad if they don't choose you because God chooses you. Our message today is this. God is calling you back to Eden. Tell that to somebody beside you. God called and He wants you back. He's calling you back to Eden. That's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to study the life of an Old Testament character by the name of Daniel. How many of you know Daniel? But Daniel's not alone. Daniel's got friends. And I'm going to share with you the names of Daniel's friends. It took me a long time to memorize some of their names, but I put, put in some notes just in case I forget. The names of Daniel's friends, are, they're going to be important for you today. They're, their names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But they have a Babylonian names, and their names were Shadrach. Everybody say Shadrach. And also Meshach and Abednego. Very hard to understand, right? That's how I got my notes. So we're going to study about them today. I'm going to read to you the word and we're going to unpack that together. But right now, I want you to bow down your heads. I don't, I don't want to keep you standing for very long. Bow down your heads and you can close your eyes. Feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Inhale. Inhale the love of God. Jesus, we thank you that you have gathered us again today. There are many things that's going around in this world that we don't understand, that our brains cannot comprehend. But with our limited understanding, we ask you, we ask that the Holy Spirit would come alive in all of us. Take this word to the level of our own understanding, oh God, so that we can understand it and we can apply it in a practical way, in a powerful way in our life. We don't want to remain where we are right now but we want to be changed we want to become better we want to become more like you jesus and that's our prayer for today that as we listen to your message may this not only just bless us but may this move us into action thank you jesus we love you we honor you and we praise you and it's on your name that we pray and all of god's people said amen one more time everybody Let's all sing in honor of God's word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto 
my path. Come on and give the Lord some love. Clap your hands. We praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. You can take your seats. On your way down, tell somebody beside you, God is going to speak to you today. Amen. Can we give a big hand to our worship team? Thank you so much, guys. You might as well give a big hand also to all the servants serving you right now. Come on. Clap your hands. It's not easy. Some of them wake up very early just to serve you today. And some of you are also serving you in the background. People who are serving you in, in, in the technical team, especially if you are online, making this live stream possible. We thank you for all those who make Feast at Home possible. I want you to walk with me for a few moments, okay? Can I ask you to close your eyes? I want you to imagine something. It's a, it's a mental picture that we're going to do a little activity. Brother Odi, all week long, I'm already using my brain. I thought I was going to get a day off. Okay, no, today is not a day off. We're going to use your brains right now. So close your eyes, close your eyes, come on. It's okay. Nobody's staring at you. Nobody's judging you right now. Just close your eyes. And I want you to imagine this for a moment. Imagine that you are 12 years old all over again. Imagine what you look like when you were 12 years old. Little boy, little girl. And you're having fun. You're playing. But here's the thing. You are a 12-year-old Jew. You live in Jerusalem. And it's a beautiful place because you live in downtown Jerusalem, close to the temple. So every Sunday you go there for your worship service and you just walk. And your parents are, 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 are good, you know, they're good parents. They, they have a, a, a lovely business, a busy business, a coffee shop by the name of Starbuck. Because it's just one branch, so just Starbuck. And it's a good life, you know, you're enjoying, you're having fun, being a kid. Life is good. You live in a two-bedroom bungalow. Do you see it? Do you feel it? You're in Jerusalem. And life is good until one morning when you hear outside your bedroom window the sound of a foreign army marching outside your home. And you look outside the window and you see chaos all over. People are running. People are screaming. People are, are moaning. And then you witness with your very own eyes what war looks like. You know, soldiers are killing the brothers and the fathers and the uncles and there's just death everywhere. And then the inevitable happens. They barge in your beautiful home, the home that made you felt protected all your life. And then they tie you up and they chain your, your neck. And now you're bound. And then they lead you outside and you're walking. And you're walking and it seems like you've been walking forever. And then 2,000 miles later, you arrive in a completely different city. Now, I want you to open your eyes. Stop pretending that's actually a true story before. That was called the Babylonian exile. It happened when the Babylon, the city of Babylon conquered Jerusalem and then took every Jew as a slave, at least the ones they did not kill. It's a true story, but I want you to know this, that this is not the first time in history that this ever happened. Go all the way back to the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve, right? They were living comfortably in the beautiful garden with everything to their, to their, uh, to, to their, to their want. But then what happened? They disobeyed God, and so they were exiled. Fast forward to Father Abraham. Abraham was living comfortably in his home, the land of Ur, and then God called him again to go to the promised land. And then you've got the Israelites, 
Remember the Israelites in the, in the movie, The Ten Commandments? They were enslaved by the Egyptians and then one day there was this man named Moses who rescued them and then took them on a 40-year journey through the desert. Where? To the promised land. Now, what is my point? Ask me what, Brother Audi? My point is that all throughout history, God has been calling people back to Eden, to the promised land. In fact, I still believe this today that God is calling you, you, you all the way in the back. God is calling you back to Eden. What is Eden, by the way? Can you ask me that question? What is Eden? I want you to listen to this, okay? Eden, Eden is not a place that you can waze, by the way. You can't Google Maps it. It's not an address that you go to because Eden is any place where God is king. Let me say that again. Eden is any place where God is king. So, is God king over your finances? That's Eden. Is God king over your relationships? That's Eden. Is God king over your life? Then my friend, that is Eden. That's your life. Now, I'm saying this because I believe that there are places in this world where God is not always king. Sometimes money is king. Sometimes pride is king. Sometimes greed is king. And so what is God calling all of us to do? To make Him the king in that area of your life. In fact, He gives a beautiful instruction. He gives a beautiful instruction to uh, uh, the, the people of, uh, of, uh, of Jerusalem who were in exile, by the way. They were in exile and then God calls them to do something really crazy. You're going to be blessed by this. He, he speaks this from the words of the prophet Isaiah. God says in uh, Isaiah, where am I? Oh, sorry. No, not Isaiah, but Jeremiah. There you go. I lost it for a moment. Through the prophet Jeremiah, God says to the people of, of, of Jerusalem, He says, even in your exile, I want you to build homes and plan to stay. And then He says, marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that they may have many grandchildren. And then God says this during their exile. God says, multiply. Tell the person beside you, multiply. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And then he says, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. You know, my friends, this is, this is proof that you can be in a season of difficulty. How many of you are in a season of difficulty, by the way? Anybody? Are you in a season of hardship in your life maybe? This is proof that you can be in a season of difficulty or obscurity and still manage to call it the best place ever. You can be in a season of dryness, in a season of drought and still say, I'm blessed. Can you say that with me? I'm blessed. In spite of all the problems that you go through, you can be blessed. God says you can prosper even if you are exiled. And that's what we saw in this pandemic. Did you witness some people, maybe that's you, some people who actually not just survived but thrived during the pandemic? That's what God is saying. That there is a way that we can experience growth even in a place of pain, even in a place of suffering. Now, when God gave these instructions to the Jews, there were some people who did not obey. Some people rebelled. We have that sometimes in our, in our character that we rebel against God. And so some of them, they gave up their Jewishness. They gave up their practices. They stopped believing in God. They started worshiping other gods. But there were some people who actually compromised half-half. In Tagalog, we have a word for that that's called balimbing. 
You know, they, they, they're in here, they're in here, and they, you know, they're, they're half-half. And so some of them worship God, but some of them also worshiped other gods. You know, they gave up some of the traditions, but they kept some of them. But there were very few who actually obeyed God, who remained faithful. And who were they? It was Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we're going to learn from them. You see, those three guys, they were prisoners. Remember? They were prisoners of Babylon. And so they were serving. Their families were killed. They were tortured. Their temple was ruined. And so here they were serving this evil and corrupt government. And I wonder, how many of you are in that particular situation right now? You know, you're, you're working for a government agency that's corrupt or you're working for a company that's corrupt with corrupt bosses. Anybody who can relate, you don't have to raise your hand, you know, so we don't, we don't see who you are. But you can be in that situation. But maybe you have a question, Brother Audie. In a pagan environment such as this one where people worship other gods like money and power and fame and, and greed and selfishness. Question, is it possible to remain faithful to God? What do you think? Yes or no? Louder, yes or no? Absolutely. Because if there's, if there's anything that we're learning from Daniel and his three friends is that we can be in a hostile environment and still remain faithful to God. In fact, that's what happened. You know, they were serving this, this, this king. His name was King Nebuchadnezzar. And because they were so, so faithful and they were so efficient, you know what happened? They got promoted. They got promoted to the royal courts. And that's my declaration to all of you today that as you work hard in your craft, you will receive a promotion. Say amen if you believe that. Amen. And so they were working so hard that they got promoted. I'll read it to you. It says here, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. And then the chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. And I said them to you earlier. Daniel was called uh, Belteshar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. Azariah was called Abednego. And then here it is. In chapter 18. Oh, sorry. I'm going to read it to you later. So they got... Um, they got promoted because of what they did. But my question is this, how did they get promoted? I'll share with you three ways on how you can, you can use this in your life, okay? So if you feel, feel free, like, taking notes, you take notes right now. This is the first way. The first way of why they got promoted was because, number one, they were excellent. Everybody say excellent. Excellent. Let me read it to you, okay? How are they excellent? Let's go to chapter 18. It says that when the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar, and the king talked with them. And no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. Now, whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times. Imagine that, ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Now, here's my message. How many of you here are Jesus followers? Can you raise your hand if you're Jesus followers? If you follow Jesus, here's my challenge. Don't just be known by the people around you as the, the woman who, you know, likes to carry her Bible everywhere. So, ah, Jesus follower, yeah. Or don't just be known by your friends or your family as the guy who likes to wear a crucifix around his neck so that people will say, ah, that's a Jesus follower. Or, you know, the kind of guy who always likes to say, praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, so that people will know that you're a God follower. But here's the word. Be known that you are a Jesus follower because you are excellent in the work that you do. 
Do we have any business owners here? Employers, raise your hand. Be an excellent business owner. An honest, upright employer. How many of you are employees? Come on, raise your hand. Employees. Be the most hardworking employee so that when people see you, they know that you worship the Lord. The Bible says this, work as if you're working for God. How many students are here? Students, be the most diligent student ever so that when people see you, they know that you don't cheat. You're honest. And if you're a public servant and you're listening to this message, be the most selfless, humble public servant that there is so that when people see you, they know that there is a God who is good. Let's clap our hands for all these honest people who try to make a difference in the world. Because the truth is, my friends, the only way that we're going to create a better world is if you create a better version of yourself. And know this, that when you create a better version of yourself, that's the best blessing that you can give to other people. Can I get an amen? Amen. Here's the second way. Because they were promoted, because they did this. They served their enemies. They served their enemies. I want you to think about this for a moment. They were in a foreign land serving this evil government. They were slaves. The Babylonians saw them as slaves, and yet these guys, they saw themselves as servants. They saw an opportunity to serve. Here's a word that you can take home today, but make no mistake, this is not easy. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will convict you when you hear these words. Serve your enemy. Can you tell the person beside you, serve your enemy? Serve your enemy. It's not easy, right? It's easier said than done. Serve your enemy. I want you to know that some people might treat you as their enemy, but know this in your heart, that they are not the real enemy. Your enemy is not the other person who is voting for the other candidate. Your enemy is not the one who is disagreeing with you, but your real enemy, it's the devil who's trying to divide all of us. It's him who's trying to create discord in our life. And, you know, we learn from Jesus. What did Jesus do? Jesus knew that Judas would betray him. He knew that Judas would one day backstab him that evening. But instead, what did Jesus do? He offered him a seat at the table. And then he knelt down and washed the feet of Jesus. Jesus served Judas, it's not easy to do that, my dear friends. But Jesus says, what do you gain if you only love those who love you back? What reward is there in that? It's easy. You're not a pagan. Jesus says, pagans can even do that. But there's no reward in, 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 in loving only those who love you back. Love your enemies. Tell, your per- tell the person beside you again, love your enemies. It would be weird if that friend of yours that you're talking to is actually your enemy, right? (laughs) Love your enemy. It's hard to love your enemy, but here's what I believe. I believe that it's only love that can transform people. Love transforms. That's what I believe in. Love can transform people. Have you ever felt love in your life that is so unconditional that what happened? You changed. You wanted to become a better person. That's the kind of relationship that you want to have. A relationship that will want to make you a better person. That you will be encouraged deep within. That you will want to be a better person. Only the love of God can do that. And I declare that the love of God that transformed you, it will be also the same love that will transform others too. Say amen if you agree with me on that. Love your enemies. Serve your enemies, my dear friend. 
We're all in this together. We are all Filipinos. And so some, sometimes you see people fighting online. They forget that what's more important. You cannot change people. And you cannot change people by hating them. And by bad-mouthing them, you can change people how? By loving them, by accepting them for who they are. Amen? I hope you're learning. Here's the third way. The third way that we can be successful in our spiritual life and so people can also see us as a God follower is this. Daniel and his friends were faithful. Everybody say faithful. They were faithful. In fact, they were so faithful that one day their faith was put to the test. King Nebuchadnezzar, he put this 90 feet gold statue and then he asked everybody to, to worship that God. And everybody did. All except for who? For those guys. Let's read it. It says in Daniel chapter 3 verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage because they did not obey him. He commanded that the furnace be heated, check this out, seven times hotter than usual. And then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. And so they tied them and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, in their turbans, in their robes, and other garments. And then verse 24, you'll be blessed by this. It says, but suddenly, everybody say, but suddenly. Come on, louder, but suddenly. Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and explained to his, exclaimed to his advisors, did we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? And then they say, yes, your majesty, we certainly did. And then Nebuchadnezzar says, look, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. And then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door to the flaming surface and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions. Remember that they were already promoted, but they were now promoted to higher positions in the province of Babylon. Let me just say this. Three people were put in the furnace. Following God in church is easy. How many of you agree with me? It's easy, right? When you are surrounded by good people, just like that person beside you. It's easy to follow God in church when you know that there are positive people all around you, people who inspire you, people who can bless you. But here's the thing. We all know that following God in a pagan environment is a completely different thing. When you're surrounded with corruption, and temptation, and negativity, it feels like you're being thrown into the fire. Am I correct? That's what it feels like. Like you, you feel like you're burning. And, and no matter how much you try to survive and overcome the temptation, sometimes it's hard. But here's a word. It says that three guys were thrown into the fire. And then in verse 25, it says, Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth, looks like a God. If there are moments in your life where you feel like it's hard to overcome the temptations in your life, I want you to know this truth. I want you to know that you're not alone in the fire. There's another in the fire. There's another person in the fire and his name is Jesus. 
He's the one who will help you overcome that temptation. Come on. He's the one who will help you rise to the occasion. It's Jesus. And so if you're working right now in a place where there's full of bad energy, I want you to know that Jesus is there with you. Again, let me ask you this question. Where is Eden? Eden is any place where God is king. And so if you are in a bad place right now, you can still make that into an Eden place. How? Make Jesus king of that place. Amen? Touch one person beside you again and say, God calls you back to Eden. This is not the end of the message. In fact, it's just the appetizer. Because right now we're going to hear a beautiful word from the Lord. I want you to give a big, big hand, everybody, to our spiritual mentor, Brother Bo Sanchez. Audi Villaraza, give him a big hand and a warm thank you. So good, so good. I want you to know that the Jews finally, they were able to go back to Jerusalem. They were. Read the Bible, Ezra and Nehemiah in the Old Testament, those two books. It talks about them going back to Jerusalem, but, everybody say but. What a disappointment. When they finally went back to Jerusalem, they were still number one under foreign power. And number two, the Jews there, they were still corrupt. They were still idolaters. They were still people who were not following God. What a disappointment. And then they came to this realization. Ask me what again? That though they were already in their homeland, they were still not yet home. I'm going to say that again, just in case you missed that. They were already home, but they were not yet home. They realized they were spiritual exiles. Can you say those two words? Spiritual exiles. That they were still longing for Eden. For that beautiful place where God was king. And then... Many years later, there was a Jew, a carpenter's son. And he stood at the shores of Lake Galilee and he announced, the kingdom of God is at hand. And the kingdom is here. And he starts recruiting people. You want to join me? Let's build the kingdom here. Let's build Eden and put God King here. Join me. My dear friends, we're following that Jew. Do you understand that? We're following that Jew and we're saying that we're going to build his kingdom in this world. And that's why you and I put your hand over your chest and everybody say, I'm following Jesus. He's changing the world. I am because of him a world changer. Now I know what you're thinking. There's a buzz, a noisy buzz in your brain. Objections arising. Three of the most common ones right now loudly are saying, world changer? Sobra ka naman, brother Bo. The first objection is this. 
I didn't sign up for this. I just want to save my soul. Kaya ako nagsisimba. I want to go to heaven. But friends, this will sound heretical. I'm warning you. But I'll say it anyway. Jesus is not calling you to heaven. At least not yet. Unless, nagmamadali ka. And if you are in a hurry, we can arrange that. We can make it happen. How? Ask me how. There is a brother that I know, a dear friend, who is a feast builder. And he intimated to me one time, Brother Bo, may problema ako. Ano yun? Pag nagpe-pray over ako sa mga may sakit, namamatay sila. I told him, you do not have, you are not part of the healing ministry, you are part of the usher's ministry. You usher people to heaven. What a gift. So, if you are nagmamadali and you want to go to heaven, just tell me after the feast. I'll recommend that brother to pray for you. But friend, I, I, I want you to understand this. No. I, I, I know I've said this a million times before and I will not tire of saying it to you because I'm chipping away something that you've been brainwashed with by religious culture. God is not calling you to heaven. He is calling you to build heaven on earth, especially for those who are suffering right now, especially for those who are experiencing injustice, especially for those who are poor. Do I hear a loud amen? amen. Objection number two, Brother Bo, the problem is so big. Poverty, injustice, oppression, pwede ba? Corruption, war, Russia and Ukraine. Anong kinalaman ko dyan? The problem is so big. We look at poverty like a seven-headed monster with 800 tentacles. And we say to ourselves, we can't do anything. If your objection is that, the first thing that comes to mind is a very old story that I used to tell people. And it's a favorite old story of a man that was walking on the beach. The night before, there was this huge storm. And the waves brought into shore thousands upon thousands upon thousands of starfishes. And on that morning, they were all dying, drying up under the heat of the sun. And the man was looking at all those starfishes. And then from afar was this little boy. And he was doing something. And he walked nearer. And when he walked near enough, he saw that the little boy was picking up the starfishes. And then flinging to the sea. And, 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 and getting another one. And, and then throwing it back to the sea. And the man finally caught up with the boy. And, and he said, Bata, bata, sayang ang pagod mo. They are too many. It will not make a difference. The little boy paused for a while. And then, nag-isip siya. Tama ba yung sinasabi ng mamang to? Oo nga no, ang dami. But then he looked at one starfish near his feet. And he picked it up. He looked at it. And he smiled. And he said, but it will make 
a difference for this one. And he saved it by throwing it back to the sea. You want to change the world? Love one person at a time. One person. Anna Wim was created almost 30 years ago. We would not have done that if we said, libo-libo mga matatanda sa kalye, paano ba naman yan, wag na lang. But no, we wanted to save one old person that has been abandoned on the streets. And so, almost 30 years now, we've been doing that. 70 old people at a time. Kasi yun lang ang kasha. But we're gonna do it anyway because for the 70 people that we save and rescue, it matters the world to them. We cannot do everything, but we can do something. And Mother Teresa said these words. I, I, I love what she said. She said, she said, she said, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many, many ripples. Objection number three. Tatlo lang naman to. Can we all stand? Objection number three. World changer? Ako? <laughs> I don't have what it takes. I'm an ordinary human being. I'm an ordinary human being. And you know what? I will not disagree with you. You are ordinary. I am an ordinary person. But we worship an extraordinary God who made us in His image and likeness. And so, my dear friends, as we come into worship today, I want you to do one thing. Ask me what? Take your ordinary life and bring it before your extraordinary God and tell Him, be king. Make my heart, my life, Eden. Because you can never change the world without changing your inner world. And you cannot create Eden around you if you do not have Eden within you. You make God king over your heart right now. Make God king over your attitudes. Make God king over your thoughts. Make God king over your disposition. Make God king over your motivations. Make God king over your plans. Make God king over every single dimension of your life right now. And then you create there an Eden. And when you do, there will be a ripple effect. And you will begin to love one person at a time. In Jesus' name. Father in heaven, I thank you that today we are in your presence. And so I submit to you my heart. I'm setting up a throne. I'm emptying it from my pride, 
and from my selfishness and from my fear and from my worries. They've been ruling my life. I'm emptying the throne and I want you, Jesus, to sit on that throne and start calling the shots. Please be in charge. And I will follow you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.